coming to you from beautiful upstate New York. This is the Slam Tilt Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm your host, Ron Hallett, here with my co-host, Bruce Nightingale. What's this .5 crap? Yeah, no no intro either. Did you notice that? Wow, what the hell's going on here? This is a special episode. Yeah, pretty special. We have a guest. We have a guest. And it's a, a guest I've always wanted to have on the show, and now... Something's happened, and we got her on. Something's happened. Yeah, something's happened. And w- what would that be? Uh, we had to close the bar, unfortunately. All right. Once, just for, for old time's sake, where was Silverball Saloon located? 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, New York. Ah, just wanted to hear that one more time. So who's our guest, Bruce? It is the person who helped make the Silverball Saloon, my wife, Kathy. Hi, Kat. Hello, guys. Hello. Welcome to Lunacy. Yes. Yeah, I know. I've been listening for a long time, but and he's been trying to get me on forever. And it hasn't worked. (laughs) Till now. It's just like, are you scared? You should be. You should be. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I never did this before. Um, So not only am I a slam tilt version, I'm also a podcast version. I've never been on anything. Oh, my. (laughs) I get two versions on one show. Uh, (laughs) You see see the high class level that it's already already on the show. Exhibited. Very good. Wow. You know that word? Exhibited? I do know exhibited. Yes. Wow. I'm impressed. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes, this is going to be a very special episode. We light on news, light on our usual things. And um, we're going to be talking about the Silverball Saloon, the creation. The times between and the end. So let's get started. Whose idea was it for this crazy place, the Silverball <laughs> Saloon? Well, it was... It was my idea in general, but I think the reason that it kind of came about and came to be a bar was because we wanted to try and find something that we could do with all the machines that we had in our basement. I would stand down there and look at them all and say, Jesus, I wish I could make money on these instead of just sitting watching them sit here doing nothing. And uh, we thought about doing, uh, you know, or maybe a retro arcade, maybe something that we could get people to come in. But when I was younger, I was a bartender, so I always kind of thought it would be fun to own a bar. So we put the two together, and the Silver Ball Saloon idea was born at that point. I mean, we had no idea about the name. We had no idea where it was going to be or how we were going to do it. But, you know, it was about a year in the making in my mind first. And then, you know, it kind of just started to take shape from there. And it wasn't my idea, really, at all. It was actually all Kathy's. I don't want to take all of the credit, but the idea for the actual Silverball Saloon, the the idea that we do a pinball-themed type bar was, yeah, was kind of my creation. The vision that I had for what we, how it turned out was really pretty much on point. I wanted it to be a bar. I wanted to have fun snack food, and I wanted it to be a place that Bruce's pinball crew and everyone else from the town could enjoy at the same time. So, you know, it was a, it was a great idea. So step us through the, like the location. How'd you come up with the location? Well, it kind of happened by accident. I mean, um, Bruce and I were actually looking at another bar at the time 
out by the uh, Rochester airport. And we had gone there a few times and we had a fun time there and he happened to be selling the business. So we thought about maybe trying to convert. It was very small. Um, The bar itself was great. But the location wasn't really ideal because it was in a more of a dust industrial area. So they they didn't really have a lot of nightlife time there. So um, there was a lot of drawbacks to it, but we thought we could make it work. And we thought we'd only be able to put in, you know, a few pinball machines, maybe a dartboard. That'd be all that would have fit in this place. And we actually put an offer in on the bar. We were pretty much ready to buy it from him, the business. And there was a space next door we could have expanded a little bit. There was a few things we were thinking that that could work. And he decided not to sell. I mean, we were down to, we already had made the offer and, and then he changed his mind and backed out. And I'm really glad he did because at that point we were kind of back to square one. And we decided that I think the next step would be that maybe we could rent a place instead of trying to, you know, a place that was empty or a place that we could start from scratch when we didn't have the, the funding to build a whole entire restaurant from the ground up. But this place that we wound up being in in East Rochester actually kind of fell in my lap. I was talking to a realtor and wondering of, you know, about some places that we might be able to go that we could convert. We looked at some places, you know, I thought about some places in Henrietta, places that we just couldn't find a good location. We knew we couldn't be in the city of Rochester. Parking was a huge issue. Um, and there's a lot of other things that come along with being in, within the city limits. So that also limited our availability on space. So what we decided to do was to go look at this restaurant that was closed down for nearly a year or maybe more. It uh, was in East Rochester, and I said, well, it's not bad. It's right off the interstate. It's It's got a great parking lot across the street. Let's go take a look at the space. So we did. And when I walked in, just my vision came to life. I The upper floor in the back I knew would be perfect for the pinballs. I knew that we could still have a small dining room. We had It had a decent kitchen that needed some work had some office space downstairs and storage for liquor and beer and just everything we were looking for, you know, just a small room that I kind of envisioned putting the dartboards in there. Well, I thought we could put two at one time, but we couldn't really fit two. And it, it just kind of formed from there. I mean, where to put the pool table, everything seemed perfect. So I filmed it. I walked around, took a took a video of it, and I watched it over and over and over again with Bruce. And we just thought that it was the perfect space. And then we just decided it was, wasn't long after that. It was within a month we decided that this was going to be the space we were going to do. We just had to figure out how to pay for it. That was the next step. Yeah, like what, what were you two doing at the time as far as – I think Bruce was still – were you at Xerox? Konica Minolta. Uh, Konica Minolta. Bruce Konica was working at Konica. I was – you Working at University of Rochester at the time, I was right. in accounting there, and uh, it was it was easier for me to to do it my because he had at the time had the better job, he had the more security, better, you know everything. So it was my choice to to leave my job at the time and to start the actual work process once we knew how we were going to fund what we needed, and it was relatively low cost at least we thought, to take over a place that was already existing. The bar was decent shape, and we really thought that we would could just stock it with what we needed and we'd get started. 
after we signed the lease and we started to get into the building itself, we had a lot of issues, a lot of unexpected charges and a lot of things that we had to fix that we were never expecting to have to to spend. But we found a way to do it. And we find at this we signed a lease on September or you know, it started September first and our plan was to open by Thanksgiving, but it didn't quite make that quickly. We had December 1st was was actually our soft opening, and, and that's kind of when we, we really got going. So what year was that? Was that 2017? Yes, 17, 2017. Yes. 2017. And she did all the work behind the scenes, like insurance, getting the kitchen set up, vendors. Liquor license liquor license distributors we well the liquor license in new york state you have to get id'd you have fingerprinted they go through a background check make sure you don't have any uh, felonies so your previous porn career was not a problem not at all because i didn't have not any felonies all. with it oh, okay <laughs> so but it, it it took you know that process alone is between six to eight weeks minimum so in that matter of time, we were fixing the stuff in the bar. I actually redid all the plumbing. Well, well, there's also an issue, if you want to just back up for a second. Trying to get a liquor license is is hard to do without a space. So if you think that it's going to take six months to get a liquor license, you can't apply until you have a place for it to go. So we had to sign the lease and we had to get a space because they want the layout of the building. They want the square footage. They need to know what the occupancy is for the building. There's all these extra steps that you don't think about. It's not just as simple as sending in an application and doing a background check. So we knew that we had to find a place, but the lease was contingent on getting the actual liquor license. So if we didn't get approved or get it within a certain amount of time, we still were able to stop at that point. If we had to. So, but there's also a second part to that. I mean, you could apply for a temporary one in the meantime and actually start your business. You could order liquor, you could do whatever you wanted, but you had to have either a full liquor license or a temporary in place before you can buy liquor from a distributor. That was kind of a a very confusing time for me because it's something that I'd never had to deal with before. And applications, the application is pages and pages long. Uh, We hired an outside consultant to help us with it because it's, it's something that he does. That's his business is getting liquor licenses. And it was definitely worth it. We did it at a time of year where people don't typically open bars. We did it before the winter and we were approved for our permanent license before we even got our temporary in the mail. So it was a quick process, which I took as a good sign that things were going to go well. (laughs) So get that. If you're going to open a bar, open it up at this time, and you can get your liquor license sooner. But the problem is, don't forget, bars don't do usually well in winter. Most bars. Except for ours. For us, the winter was the best time, and the summer was the worst time. Because everyone in Rochester, we only, as you know, upstate New York, we only have three seasons. You have winter, rain, and then a little bit of summer, <laughs> and then back to rain. <laughs> my so, dad, my dad used to say that there was only two seasons up here, and it was yeah. snow plowing and construction. Yes. So you know, when it's summer, people want to go out and go to the lake go 
camping, do everything before even COVID. You know, they wanted because to. Because people, people are kind of stuck in their houses up here in upstate New York. You know, I mean, it feels like winter is never going to end. And when it finally does start to break, people get this spring fever or whatever you want to call it. And they just want to be outside. So a pinball bar isn't exactly a good destination unless you're a local that, you know, and a regular that likes to frequent bars because a lot of times you can't count on the people that are looking for just something fun to do. They're going to go and take their families outdoors somewhere in the summertime. Like in the beginning, the funny thought we always heard from people was, oh, next month will be better. Oh, next month will be better. And the funny thing is in the bar business, no month is really the best month. It's like you think about it at Christmas time. What do people do? Well, first, when we opened in, you know, the, December 1st, we're like, OK, Christmas, people go Christmas parties, people do other things like that. They want to go see their family. So, OK, that's a bad month. January, January, everyone goes on a New Year's resolution. So everyone wants to be healthier, not go to bars, that kind of stuff. OK, so January shot too. let's go to February, February. Well, you know, it's really cold out, really crappy out. Who wants to go out to a bar? I'm going to stay home. Okay, March. March is going to be great. March is, you know, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. Okay, St. Patrick's Day, they're all going to the parade in the city. So they're not coming to my bar. So, okay, that's done. April. Well, now people are starting to get a little spring fever a little bit. Like, ooh, maybe I can go out once in a while. I can go to uh, see some concerts start coming out, that kind of stuff. Okay, May. Okay, May. Here comes summer. The steamroller of summer. Now it's getting warmer, getting nicer. June, July, August is all summer. You're screwed there. Okay. September. Everyone's buying September clothes, back for school, getting school supplies, that kind of stuff. Okay. October. October. Oh, well, we got a couple of things to do. And oh, oh, it's getting too cold out now. I don't want to go out anymore because it might snow. Might do this. November. Oh, it's really getting cold out. I'm going to sit home and just relax after I get home from work and the time change. There's never a perfect, I'm going to kick some ass and make some money in a whole year. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> Do you agree, Kat? Yeah, it was a little bit gloomy the first couple of months. <laughs> we were thinking the same thing. You know, I mean, just it, just having a business in general where you count on the general public to come in and you're st- staring at the door thinking, gosh, what did I get myself into? How do I get these people in here? And how do I get the word out? Especially when you're starting out, it's it's hard to spend the extra money for the advertising and all the other things stuff because you're worried about how you still have to pay your staff. You still have to try to keep things going and keep the, you have to keep the alcohol and keep the food in there in case you do get a crowd. And it's a juggling act, honestly. It was a very tough business to be in, but it was so gratifying when we started to get the people that would come in and be amazed at how much fun our bar was and how we always made it a point to say hello to almost every single customer that walked through that door. And we wanted to make it feel like, I mean, I my friend Dan said it the right way. He said that we felt like we were walking into cheers when we'd come into your place. Because everybody knew us. 
our bartenders, we were, they were instructed from the very moment they were hired that your customer is number one. And when they walk in that door, you welcome them. You tell them about the place, ask them if they've been here, how they heard about us, um, ask them to spread the word, check in on Facebook, do everything you can to help us out. And the word started to spread quickly. I mean, it was no matter how much advertising we did, word of mouth was the way we got our customers. And and we, our business plan was to count on Bruce's pinball leagues and other people that we were already, we knew we would get those people. It was the other people that we needed. We needed people to see us as a fun place to come with their friends. And it wasn't just a bar. It was a place that, I mean, it kind of formed slightly on the same concept as Dave and Buster's in a way where you could come in, have a drink, have something good to eat, have a nice time with your friends, but you could do other things besides sit at a bar and stare at each other or at your phones. It was a place that could get you out of a rut. And we thought that it would work and it, and it did. It worked quickly. Our first year was tough because we were, like I said in earlier, that we were kind of in a hole financially because we had to, you know, do a lot more repairs than we ever expected we had to. So we had to dig out of a deeper hole than we expected, but it started to come together. By the time we had our first anniversary, we had a great clientele. Our first anniversary party was a huge hit. We had a lot of fun. We made some great friends. The people in the town were so welcoming to us. It was amazing. It, it really was. I mean, we didn't have a lot of competition because there's, there was no other bar anywhere near us, maybe except for Swilberger, that that had our type of concept. And people didn't go to the city for, for that, you know, for nightlife. A lot of people in that area stayed in Pittsford and, the, and Fairport area, which a lot of your listeners are not even going to know what I'm talking about. But within a five mile range, within a five mile radius of where we were, we were the, the most unique fun bar. To go to. So, you know, we started to really get going. And then, of course, Bruce had, you know, the week, the monthly leagues, and he started to do the team leagues, and, and we were having tournaments, and things were just all coming together. And of course, we had people that heard about us that were traveling from states away to come see what our place was like. And it, it helped because it came from your other, your, from this podcast and, and from other podcasts that started talking about us in the pinball world. And we had people that we never expected that would come visit you know, pinball side and people that were just curious about us. People would walk by from the Italian restaurant next door and look in the window and say, wow, this place looks fun. Let's go in and check it out. And that's how things started to come together. But the first year was rough. Yeah, it the was. The first year was very rough. We we bled because on average, you're spo- we had a number where we had to break even, which was breaking even, which meant paying the electric, paying the staff, paying the insurance, and some nights we wouldn't even get close to it. And some nights, weekends, we would do great. And it put a lot of stress on me and Kathy. And honestly, I think after like a year and a month or a year and two months, we were getting close to possibly saying goodbye. But then all of a sudden, an uptick happened the fall after the winter came and snowed. It really came up, and we started making money a little bit and breaking even and floating around that, you know, Mendoza line where, you know, it was one month maybe make a little more money than we needed to and some months making less. 
and the first year. I'm not sure if anybody's aware of this, but this whole entire time, person, I didn't take one single dime out of the business. No. For ourselves. No. Everything went back into the business. We paid our staff, our alcohol, our food, our bills first, and there wasn't anything left for us. Bruce didn't take a salary when he started, and I didn't take any payment at all. You know, Bruce was full-time working, and and I wasn't. And then about six or seven months in, Bruce decided that he wanted to take over the bar. And I went back to work full time and, and you know, Got to pay for job. our home life because somebody, one of us still had to work and make money. And, and then slowly, Bruce started to bartend a few shifts and he started to do a few things that would help out a little bit. But until this year, till 2020, we didn't take any money out of the bar. And it was, and it was a tough two years. Of, it was hard um, on that, watching on our, our dream finally come together. And maybe we started taking some time to ourselves because we started trusting our staff to take care of the bar when we weren't there. And we always felt like one of us had to be there every minute. And there were so many customers that wanted to come in and hang out with us, not because we were owners, but because they were our friends now. And when we weren't there, we were always the face of the bar. So if we weren't there, people would, you know, we noticed a, a, a little bit of a downturn in business if we weren't there. So we felt even up till COVID happened that one of us needed to almost always be there at some point because people were there to see us as well as have a fun, a good time with their friends. And it became a family. It became a place that we could always go to. And even on nights that I wasn't there, I was on my phone looking at watching the cameras, making sure that things were going okay. And people were behaving because, <laughs> you know, you can't have eyes everywhere in the bar. And that's the hardest thing about the business. It's um, our reputation was, it was a, we had good clientele and we didn't have issues with fights and drugs and things that can really come with a, a neighborhood bar. Things that I never really thought about until I opened this bar. I, I didn't realize that when you ha- when you have a, a fight at your bar and you call the police, it gets reported to the state liquor authority, and then they start you start to get on their radar. And we had a good reputation. I mean, the chief of police used to drink in my bar, and I loved having him there because he kept out the bad elements and he kept the riffraff out because he loved being with us and 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 he and he felt safe drinking there and not having to worry about getting a bad reputation of him hanging out of a bar that doesn't have that type of thing. So it really started, the word started to spread from there. And, and it was amazing. It was getting to the point where we were looking at each other, like maybe this was a really great idea and we had something really good. And, you know, most businesses, they say you have to wait at least three to four years before making money. I mean, any restaurant or bar, they even say five, by your fifth year anniversary, you should be in the black, which we were getting to that, you know, on our, in our third year, which was really unprecedented for, and especially nowadays. I mean, there's so much competition, and the people can go anywhere between chain restaurants and and dollar menus and and every place that you could think to take your family if they if you could get them to come with their kids, even in an afternoon. It's amazing how quickly parents are like, "Oh, this place is great. I'm going to go drop my kids off at home, and I'm going to come back and have a night out with my." with my husband or wife, because this is a fun place to be at night as well, not just during the day, which they, they thought it was going to be like a Dave and Buster's environment where the kids would just, you know, run around and have fun. But 
then they'd be gone and they would be done. But then they realized it was a nice, fun neighborhood bar as well on top of it. Plus, during all of this, you guys moved. Yeah. <laughs> we we couldn't live where we were because it was literally 40 minutes away from the bar. We so, yeah, and, and not just that. I mean, it, it, coming home at 3 in the morning in the snow and, and, the, and deer and everything else because we lived, as you, some of you know, out in the middle of nowhere virtually basically in in retrospect we think about it now it's like why were we living all the way out there but I knew um, why. anybody that was at the house knew the reason why we bought that home was because it did really work well for the for Bruce's hobby and for us to have you know a nice place to live but it was a lot of maintenance we had 4 acres of lawn we had snow that we had to plow on a 300 foot driveway and it just it got too much between the business and I was still working full time and we just had no time for that home it it was time for us to let it go and we had to make a choice we decided that we would move to a place that we could just call the maintenance person when something breaks instead of having Bruce working on it at four o'clock in the morning when he gets home from the bar or, or that kind of thing. And and it was sad to let the home go because it was something we worked hard on and we were proud of. But we knew that our business was much more important and we needed to be closer. If something, I mean, just something as simple as if the alarm goes off for any reason, I mean, it, you know, somebody tries to break in or whatever, I had nobody within a mile limit of the bar that I could say, can you go over there and check and see what's going on? Because you had to go there because the police were waiting at the door to, f- to figure out why the alarm was going off. Till so the for end. us to drive 40 end. minutes to get to the bar was just crazy. It just got to be too much. Yeah. The thing is, I'll say that that house to me was kind of like how the old Papa warehouse was to people. Like they miss it. Like I miss that place. Oh, I miss the house too. Even with the ridiculous amount of property that was on there. Yeah. And that ridiculously long driveway. Yeah. But that's what made the house the house. You know, our house was very special to me and Kat. And, and the dumbwaiter. Don't forget the, the dumbwaiter, waiter. you know. And everything about it just made it so it feels special. Uh, trust me, we go past it once in a while. We still go, wow, you know, it looks nice, you know. But in some ways, it made our life harder when we were trying to make the bar go. Literally, it added an hour to my day. Which was already filled up because some days, like a Monday, we had we were closed. So my Monday was still going to the bar Monday. Everyone thinks like, oh, you're closed. No, I was going to the bar to do payroll, to do this, to get the orders ready for the next day, for the beer and the liquor and everything else. Because I had or to fix the in. machines that broke while over yep. the weekend or you know or anything that building. Yeah, maintenance in the building. I mean, it, there was really no day off in that business, and not at yeah. all. Some days I'd be starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd be like, okay, dear, I'm going to go up to JFS, which is our food distributor, grab the food, go to Restaurant Depot, which is another food distributor, grab some other things, maybe grab a keg of beer if we're getting low, and get to the bar by 1 or 2, put it all away. Then, okay, clean the bar, get ready to for the prep work for 3 o'clock openings, and I'd be there till 12, 1 o'clock, and – you know, get home and then do it again. So it, it was not an easy nine to five job. I loved it, but it was not, it's not a, if you think you're going to have a life with a bar or any business, think again. <laughs> <laughs> Plus through all this, you were still picking up games in Alabama and stuff or Arkansas. Yes, or I whatever. Did. Yeah. And, and Minneapolis and yeah. And luckily, I had a staff and my wife who were very understanding about that and understood that, guess what? 
getting these games helped the future of the business and making it hopefully cheaper to get new games in there so people would come in. But I always made sure he made it to Pinburg every year. Yes, I never missed a Pinburg. <laughs> well, then you also had, what, the 24-hour that you you did the 24-hour and yep. then you drove back. And, and worked, worked that night. And worked that night. <laughs> yes. How many consecutive hours was that? It was 40 hours I did. <sighs> that is quite insane. Yes. yes. And those who've listened to the podcast know they've, they've heard the yawns. Oh, yeah. They've heard the yawning. That became a bit. It did. And if you notice, I don't yawn as much now anymore, no, do I? No, no. <laughs> the last couple, you were not yawning, I have to say. No, no not at all. Trust me. It's been different. You know, but we'll continue on. Two years in, we were breaking even more than not breaking even. Our months, you know, our accountant was actually looking at us going, hey, you know, you're getting sometimes in the black. And you would see it. And uh, year two, the summer, was a rough time. Our AC unit failed. This AC unit fed four parts of the building. And, of course, in the summer in Rochester, you know, you don't want to be sitting in a 85-degree building. You want to be sitting in a 74 or 73-degree building enjoying the games. And the games, don't forget, are heaters. So uh, we had to put our own money out since our landlord was a peach, let's just say. He was a great guy. He'll come up later. He will come up later. But we had to put all the money out for that. And we never got it back because he's just a piece of crap in my mind. Another thing was when we first opened the building, we were in there in September. So uh, we had the AC on. So when it got colder in November, December, before we were ready to open, I turned the heat on. The heat doesn't come on. And so we called the heating guy. He came in. He goes, yeah, the, the heat doesn't work. It probably hasn't worked in three years. So we called the landlord, and he's like, oh, well, it's never worked. Okay. And he's like, well, you're, you're kind of screwed. I'm like, no, you're supposed to give us heat. And it was just a battle royale. And that's what we dealt with behind the scenes. And most people don't see that, of course, in business. And just to clarify something really quick, when you rent an apartment, your landlord is responsible to make sure that your basic needs are covered, right? Well, when you rent a business, especially in the restaurant business, it's typical that he doesn't take care of anything in the yeah. inside the building. And this was something we learned the hard way. Obviously, Bruce and I had never been in the restaurant business before. So we just assumed that it was the same as when you rent an, a building for living in, right? You'd think, all right, if my furnace goes, now I have to call the landlord. He's got to fix it, right? No. Anything that breaks inside of that restaurant no matter what it is, inside the building, refrigeration, refrigeration, anything, leaks, ter- leaks and plumbing, leaking, anything, oh, plumbing, anything, it all has to be fixed by us. That is the cost of business. At least that's what I've been told by many other people. So it was very, very hard to get past that what's going to break today feeling because that's where we were at every day. It seemed like it seemed like it anyway, we would come in and something else would be broken. You know, the ice machine didn't work or the, the compressor went on the, the walking cooler and the beer was warm. And, you know, there were so many things that would happen that we just were unbelievably <laughs> distraught. What, what did we get ourselves into here? By the time we were at our second year anniversary, we had virtually fixed everything in the bar. 
it came down to every almost every piece of equipment. The refrigeration unit in the kitchen was broken, and the compressor went there. And it's just you know you come in and the you know the freezer would be defrosted on the ground, or you know it just it was getting to the point where we were so ready to quit. And we would look at each other and say, "What are we doing? Why are we still doing this?" And I'd go home and I would cry, and I and I would kick I would want to kick the wall and say what am I doing this is crazy but we stuck it out because it was our dream and it was something that we knew the concept worked it was just the place we were in wasn't it was ideal looks wise but it was really hard to keep it going and any customer I mean you Ron you've been there I don't know how many times you'd walk in and see us all, all having fun and doing the things but the background work was such a huge job but Bruce was absolutely amazing he came in and and you know and it's funny because I'm in a finance business and I still couldn't see some of the places where we could save money and you know he came in and just god he just cleaned the place out basically and said we can cut funds here and we can stop spending money on this and we could do it this way and do it that way and find a cheaper way places to get better food. And he just, he took it over and, and made it his own. And it was, I don't think we would have survived if I would have stayed in charge of the business. He was absolutely amazing. And, and he loved that business and, and he, he, it showed it was amazing. And plus he could do some of the maintenance, which was things I couldn't do. I had to call somebody every time something broke or, you know, and it got to the point where, you know, like he said, he was working from 10 o'clock in the morning till four in the morning sometimes just, and he would be fixing things and trying to run the business and try to be the face of the bar and do all of that. And it, it was, it was rough, but it was so worth it. We loved it. And you had to fix all these things, yet you had that piano that you couldn't <laughs> move. I remember that. Yeah. We were telling about the piano. If, if you'd ever been there in the first couple of years, there was this large piano that was sitting was at the end grand. Yeah, of the um, the game area. So if you were in the bar, you'd know that, that, that there was sort of a like a – if you walked up the that steps don't. towards the pinball machines, to the left there was a couch and like a little lounge area. Well, that originally was where the where the piano sat when it was a bistro. It was a piano bar, basically, a piano wine bar before. And that piano actually never didn't belong to the landlord. It belonged to the person who used to come in and sing and, and play the piano. But part of the agreement when we took over that space was that we would keep the piano there. For so six months. For, for six months. So we pushed it all the way to the back, covered it with, a, with a, a tablecloth, and we put a big sign on it that said, no drinks, no food on this thing, because we were so afraid that it was going to get damaged or whatever. And we jammed a pinball against up one side and we and we kind of hit it in the back. And I don't even think everybody even knew what it was at the time. But after almost a year of being in the place, we had to tell the, the landlord, either you take this thing out of here or we're going to sell it and it's going to be gone. Because we and we would and we would put, you know, give them the money or whatever, but we were getting rid of it. And he finally arranged to have it removed so we could add some more pinball machines. And you know, when I told him, I said, you know, you're costing me space that I could fit three to four more machines in here and I could be making income in this space. We needed it to be gone. So um, originally we thought we were only going to be have about 11 or 12 machines in there and we wound up with almost 30 by the time we were, you know, at our heyday there. So he finally did remove it and put it in storage. Oh, but we never heard, not heard the end about it. <laughs> Every time I asked him for something else, you know, I had to move that 
that piano for you guys. Had to spend money to move that piano, you know, and and it just it it got old after a while. <laughs> Another funny thing is one time after uh, our we had a large ice hopper for our ice maker downstairs, and we made our own ice down downstairs in the basement with the ice machine, and uh, I had a problem with it. So after two o'clock in the morning, we still had enough ice for the next day, but there I am working on it until 5.45 in the morning. Kathy finally woke up that morning, messaged me saying, where are you? She thought I was dead on the side of the road. And there I am downstairs working on the ice maker. <laughs> that was my life. Nice. Now, don't, don't use up all these stories because that's going to be one of our segments, Tales from the Saloon. No, it's just going to be a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. We we figure Bruce has a ton of um, fun incidents that he can share oh, with the listeners. Yes. <laughs> so let's not blow but, uh, them all. So uh, two years in, it was November, and something happened. So this would be November of two thousand nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. October was our first pretty good month. We actually were in the black for the whole month. I looked at Kathy. Kathy looked at me and said, oh, wow, this is great news. You know, she's like, hey, you know, we're finally making something. And for us, the winter is our best part. And we were getting a good following. And we were actually making money, so we actually advertised a little bit more. So we were on radio. And when we were on radio, I saw it in the numbers. Even though we were spending a flat amount, I saw the numbers getting better than what we were spending. So it's a good thing, of course. In the beginning, when we did advertise, it hurt our bottom line. Now it was actually helping our bottom line. And October, November, and then December, as I said, is usually a bad month. December was great. January of 2020. Well, you have to back up a little bit, Bruce, because part of the reason we started to do a little better, too, was we started to have people coming in, having office parties for holidays, yes. small yes. ones. I mean, we obviously we couldn't host a huge party, but we did have people that knew that we had a fun place and it was a good place to go, you know, to blow off some steam. And they would come back and say, you know, I got my boss to to have a little office party here for the holidays or that kind of thing. And it started to help us in that way, too, because we started to do a small catering type thing so people could come in have a little buffet of food we would give them a, a price and bruce would turn on the machines and they could play and drink and and have fun and that word started to spread too that we could do birthday parties and we could do things that we didn't have the ability to do our first year because we just weren't used to doing that yet we were still trying to get the bar restaurant idea underway. So the thought of catering a party or doing anything like that was seemed so overwhelming, but we started small and it started to spread a little bit there too. And then that December was phenomenal. Yeah. Had a, um, you know, and, and a lot of times what'll happen is a lot of offices will do holiday parties, but they'll sometimes do them after the holidays. So the, our first two weeks of January, we had two good parties and, and people were we starting teachers. to, we had teacher. and we that we had a the the Bosi school teachers would come they come every Friday and be there for two or three hours and you know they their friends started to come and you know and and that's how it regulars. started. We to, got regular good really good regulars good spent money spending regulars not just the pinball people and that's that's where we knew we had a good place because originally we thought that we were only going to draw the pinball people at first but it and it was amazing how even older people. 
people in their 60s and 70s would come in and say, God, I remember that bowler when I was a kid. I used to play that with my dad. And, you know, and, and it was a nostalgia that people wanted to come back and see again. It wasn't just the classic video games that drew people. That bowling machine was probably our most popular piece in the bar for, for the last two years. You know, and then Bruce decided to bring in the racing games, which was huge. We had so many friends that loved playing that. And they would, you know, have a couple of drinks. And I would tell people, this was my favorite line. I would tell people, look, you can come in and drive drunk legally in here. You know, that used to be so much fun. And, you know, they would be back there for hours just driving and trying to compete and have, have a good time. And it, it turned out to be one of the best things we did was bring in the racing games. That was They that actually was paid for themselves. Thing. They paid for themselves in two months. Yeah, quickly. It it was that was a great idea to, and because we never really used that dining room space, we thought that we would have more eat-in dining, and it turned out that people just enjoyed sitting at the bar or at one of the high tops and just having a snack. And the idea of you know bringing a family in and sitting down didn't really work out for us. That wasn't really so. That was kind of wasted space. And when we brought that race, those racing games in, boy, it really changed our business. And a lot of people didn't even realize that dining room was even over there because half the time they'd go right past the bar and right up to the pinball floor and they never even looked to the right until we put those driving games in there. So, you know, that really started to take off this January. January 2020 and February were just, we were on our way to being one of the most successful bars in the area. Yeah, we were fully in the black every month uh, was a better month than the last month. We hit goals. When we first opened the business, we were like, wow, this is impossible. You know, we were like, you know, and our staff, I have to say it, our staff, the last six months was incredible. With Nicole, Aaron, Susie, you know, everybody pitched in, you know, Harden, you know, we had, we had at one time before COVID, we had five different bartenders and people would come in just for these bartenders. You know, with Hannah, people come in for Hannah, people come in for Harden, people come in for Aaron, people come in for Susie. And then me and Kathy would bartend also, and people come in for us. So it was really, we were pulling multiple groups of people in. And we saw it in the sales. And, you know, and don't forget, when you think of sales, there's a lot of stress with sales also. Like you're thinking, oh, I had the best month ever. But don't forget, you're also spending more money to replenish your stock. And then every three months in the state of New York, you have sales tax. So what we did, we had to put it to the side and always save it. One group of, you know, our sales tax numbers were up to $7,000 almost in three months. So we were making some money, but it's nerve wracking to actually put it on the side and say, oh, well, really not all our money, you know, 8% of that or almost 9% of that is, you know, the state of New York. So <laughs> you have to. Well, you also have to remember, too, that if you do not pay your sales tax, like that's like one of the first things you have to pay. If, if you think about it, you have like this priority list where you have to pay sales tax, you have to pay payroll. You have There's things that you have to pay before you can even think about taking a dime for yourself, right? But if you do not pay sales tax, the first thing they will do is actually suspend your liquor license because the two are connected. So if you're making money and you're not paying the state back for what they're letting you do, that's the first thing they take away. So a lot of bars and restaurants, they tend to forget that that's not your money. 
And I, I, because I'm in finance, I understand that you can't use the state's money to keep operating. So even the lottery money that would come in, we knew that that was not our money. That was kept in a separate bank account. It was, it was something that we knew was not ours. So you can't even use that. So if you can't make payroll, you're not making enough money because you have to still pay the state on both sides. So you have to pay the lottery and you have to pay your sales tax. And I actually personally know somebody that lost their business because they didn't pay their sales tax. And that's the first thing they do is shut you down for that. It's not like income tax where they can find you a couple years later. If you don't pay it and don't file it within a certain amount of time, they will come in and shut you down. So Bruce and I learned that very quickly, that we would take that money right out of the bank account and it went somewhere else because until it was ready to be paid. That was something we never wanted to take the chance of happening. So we always felt like, oh my God, now we've got to move this money again. And we just, we just have all this money in the bank and now we've got to move it over and move it someplace else. Because, So that's something you can't even count as sales. And, and in the restaurant business, when a bartender or a waitress gets a tip on a credit card, at the end of that night, that money, that cash goes to them out of the drawer. We're the ones that take the hit on the charge on the credit card. So 3%. here's a little piece of advice for anybody else that goes out to eat. If you can afford it, tip in cash. It helps everybody. But that's also something you have to think about too, because that number, that total number that you charge is counted as sales for me. And my sales tax is based on that total. So there's always fees. There's always extra things that you don't think about. And it started to get frustrating. It was, it was you know, my bartenders would have a great night and they'd taken home $2,000 in cash. And I'm paying, you know, three to 4% on that afterwards, after the fact. So it's something that you don't think about as a restaurant patron, what happens to that money when you're signing that bill. So it was, it was a learning experience for me all around for everything. I didn't know how much payroll taxes people pay. And I had no idea that when you pay somebody $10 an hour, the restaurant person is actually paying you eleven fifty an hour because those fees have to go to the state, they have to go to federal, they have to go to insurance and, and all the other things that we didn't think about, workers' comp and disability and, and it was crazy. It was it was it was unbelievable. You know, it's not just buying food and liquor, which is what I and rent. That's there's a lot of things that other than that that you have to worry about. It was very stressful. And starting to make money was amazing. We knew we, we, were doing, we had a good thing going. And I, and I was actually smart about it. I was actually socking away money for the slow months, which was going to be, of course, the, the May, June, July, and August. That's our slowest months. So I was socking away money for a rainy day and also for getting through those months. Because, you know, you yeah. might just skate by or in, you want to have money for a repair or have money for yeah, unexpected expenses in general, exactly, was which always, always around the corner, you know. And we had a and going more into the detail. When we first signed up, we had a three-year lease with two three-year options. This will come up later on when we're talking about it. So we were almost to the point of three years, which which means we would have to either a resign for another three years, b move. Or Which seat, would be re- very stressful. <laughs> or C, renegotiate. So talking about now, February, we had our best February ever. March, the first uh, 17 days of uh, March in 20, or 2020, we almost made as much as we did the last March for the whole month until we had to close. And, of course, we all know why we had to close, covid 
Well, we didn't actually close at first. Well, we actually were open two days for, for food. Yeah, we tried to do takeout. We tried to continue to have somewhat of an income. Bruce and I tried to do it alone because our staff, we couldn't afford to have the staff there. So Bruce was, you know, we could, we could, and of course we couldn't have the games on. So that was a loss of income there. But we, you know, Bruce stood behind the bar and people would walk in and order food and, and I would cook it and they'd take some drinks to go or they'd call us up and they'd, in the first night we did it, we killed it because all of our friends wanted to keep us going, right? So they all quarreled, they order, ordered food, they came in, they, they did takeout, we did curbside, we did everything we possibly could for two or three weekends. And it just was too much for us. It just, it's something that I couldn't do. I can't work seven days a week. I don't know a lot of people that can. And we looked at each other and said, we're done. We have to just cease operations for now because we just can't do this. We can't sustain it. We can't, we can't do anything. So, and there are some things that at least the government did do right. They let us kind of defer insurance payments and we obviously didn't have to pay rent legally. We were able to not get evicted and, and we called, told our landlord we weren't going to pay him rent and, and he didn't have any choice but to agree to that because he didn't, he couldn't do anything about it. But seeing that we were closed, those expenses still keep coming in. And they don't go away. They just go on the end. So we're looking at each other thinking. It's going to be a month or two. Right. It's going to be maybe a month, maybe two will be closed, right? At two and a half months in, when Cuomo started to change the rules on the fly, sometimes daily things were changing. It was so hard for people in our business because we didn't know from day to day what we were allowed to do or not to do. And the rules just weren't clear enough. It was very, very hard and stressful to read the news and see, well, now you got to do this and you have to make sure you do this. And it just was crazy. So we just decided to go for it. Bruce, I I, honestly, and I'm going to say this straight out, I didn't want to come back. No, she didn't. I told Bruce I was done. I just, it was too much stress. It was too much worry. I didn't want to piss away what few dollars we had left in the bank. And I thought it was crazy. But he decided that we needed to try because if we didn't, we probably would have kicked ourselves and said, well, what if we did survive? Or what if this goes away in another couple of weeks? Well, it didn't. And Well, the, the thing I looked at it was this. We were in stage two. And stage two in New York State was... They were allowed to now sell food to go again, and everything seemed like it was opening up. And stage three was supposed to be indoor dining. So I'm sitting there, okay, indoor dining. Now I can get people coming back into the bar. And then stage four would be opening 50%, 50%, everything, no problems. And at that point, when we were just starting stage two, I'm like, Kat, let's start getting on the ball it's going to go yeah. back to normal eventually. Yeah, we had, and, and not only that, we had to – now we had to go and restock food. We had to do things that we couldn't do for two months. Yeah. Can't just go – you know, some of our beer went bad, some of the things. So there's things that we needed to do. So we got started. We took a week. We cleaned everything out. We cleaned the kitchen top to bottom, brought the brought Aaron and Nicole back, our, our two prime best workers, and, and they – tried they you know Aaron spent days in cleaning the bar and getting everything ready and without them we couldn't have done it there's no way you know and Bruce got the machines primed and ready to open back up again and, and oh then then phase three happened and then Cuomo changed the rules where phase three was indoor dining but you couldn't walk up to the bar you couldn't you couldn't even have the games on so in the state of New York where my business was a restaurant a bar, 
and a gaming center, two of the three were already cut out for me. Now, if I knew this three weeks beforehand, I probably would have been with Kathy right then and there saying, okay, I totally agree with you. This is what's going to happen in the future, but we didn't know. And the problem was, in the beginning, we were told each level would do this thing. And each time, Governor Cuomo would change the rules for health reasons. So, okay, stage four we're waiting for. Stage four, we were thinking, okay, once we hit stage four, it should all clear up. Nope, it got worse at stage four. What happened with stage four was we then had to sell food with alcohol because you can only get COVID when you're not eating food at a bar. But when you know, you know, when you're eating food at a bar, you're good to go. The problem that we have is, like I had said earlier, a lot of our business was walk-by business because the restaurant next door to us is very, very busy. They're very popular. excellent, very popular Italian restaurant. Phenomenal food, good service, that kind of thing. And they have a good reputation and they pull people from all over. And, and people would 50- walk by and they would look in and they'd go try and get their table and they'd find out, okay, wait a minute, it's going to be about an hour wait. Let's go back next door and have a drink while we're waiting for our table. And they'd come in, sit at our bar, have a drink. And they'd say, yeah, we have reservation, you know, we have a reservation or we're, we're waiting and, you know, at the hour wait for the table. We thought we'd come over and check this place out. Now, who's going to sit down and order food knowing they're going to go eat a huge meal next door? Or even after dinner, sometimes we would get people. They'd come over and have an after dinner drink or, you know, an, a nightcap Check with their, the their wife or they're out on a date night. And they want to maybe just come in and play a game and have a drink. Now they can't do that. They just had a huge meal. Our regulars would come in and a lot of them would eat, but not always. So if they knew that they had to come in and sit down and actually have food before they could get a drink, they wouldn't come. They stopped coming. Mm-hmm. And... Yes, it sounds like a great business idea. Okay, so if you come in and you drink, you have to eat, all right? That adds money to my bill. It doesn't. It takes customers away. It discourages people from coming in if they don't feel like they want to spend that much money. Okay, so so for the typical restaurant, that's great because they're coming there to eat anyway. But when they were coming to our place, they were coming to have fun and have beers and and alcohol and hang out with their friends, not sit down and have a big meal or even appetizers, which he said wasn't enough anyway. So it, it, the rules were just too hard for us to stick to. So after a while, Bruce and I would throw chips in front of people because we just couldn't do it. We couldn't make them eat. We were hoping to keep them in there just to spend one, to maybe have one more drink. And that, that was where we were at. We were praying that people would come in to eat and drink And and it just, it got to be too much. So uh, this was July, and by the time we got the August numbers, me and Kathy looked at each other, and we went over the August numbers, and I'm going to say the right thing. They were despicable. Not for our sites and not for anybody else's problems, but it was the perfect storm, I'm going to say, for us. Because as I said, our arm was behind our back with the gaming. Our arm was behind our back with our customers and trying to keep them in there. And... Our customers, our regulars, supported us. They bought gift certificates. They came as much as they could. But it still could, – I couldn't advertise on the radio saying, come on down for gaming. Come on down for having fun. And now in the state of New York, there's even a worse rule now. I can't even advertise. The state. An event. An Any event. events. Like we had DJ trivia on Sunday nights. used to draw people in. You couldn't advertise that anymore. I couldn't advertise anything. Like say if it was my birthday party. We had a birthday party, which was the final weekend. 
I couldn't do that now. Yep, they took away our ability to spread the word. But you can go get your flyer from, you know, Tops or Wegmans stating their sales. But I couldn't do that because I'm a bar and restaurant. And this government, both sides, the federal government didn't help as much. And our state is just terrible in this state. He does not want to encourage business. He does not want to do anything to help business out. All he is looking for is just his name and his look to be better and to keep the numbers down. Literally, in the past 21 days, we have regions in the state of New York. There's 10 regions. Our region we're in is called the Finger Lakes region. Our region for 21 days is 0.7. So every one person that has COVID, his chances of infecting another person is only 0.7 of a chance of one to infect somebody. And we were told when we got it down that low that we would be able to be back to, and you can't see me, but I'm doing the quotes, back to normal. Yeah. Everything would be back to where it should be. And we were banking on that idea. We were, okay, we just need to get this down and we get to this, we got two more weeks, maybe two more, maybe a month at the most. And now here it is August and we're thinking, you know what, Bruce, this is your birthday party and you know we're going to break the rules anyway because we're going to have so many people there coming to see you. Let's just say goodbye. Let's just have this done. Yeah, so it was – we looked at our numbers and then our landlord threw us another loop and we were just – me and Kathy that Sunday morning. It was actually before we recorded last, Ron, which was the funny thing. You didn't even know. I looked at Kathy. Kathy looked at me. And almost at the same exact second, we both just said, we're done. I can't do this anymore. And it was a hard decision. And we've gone through the level of grief, you know, as like Kathy will say. We were upset, angry, mad. I'm still mad at the government. Because literally, they took away it. They still are taking away chances for people to make money. Gaming is still not allowed in the state of New York after almost five months. Dave and Buster's not allowed to be open. Nothing is allowed to be open. But these companies are expected to pay their bills for the next five months. And I don't understand it when our numbers are so low and we've bent the curve. Flattened. We've we've flattened it. We've actually flattened it. We have the lowest – one of the lowest rates – in the northeast. And, and and you know what? I understand why they wanna they wanna keep it low. I get that. But Bruce and I also said, you know, what's gonna happen now when kids go back to school if teachers yep. get sick and things start, start if they do spike again, it's we'll be, be shut first down person. again. And we, can't, we wouldn't we weren't going to survive that anyway. And we no would way. be the first person to be closed, of course. Yes. And they the first thing they do is close bars, restaurants, hair salons, people That's- that that's all they do is work for their money, and they don't shut down the big the big businesses. And it it's completely unfair. And I and I'm not saying I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just trying to be I'm just stating facts. It just seems to me that they didn't do this the right way. Some countries in this world shut everything down. Period. You don't leave your home. You don't go to your work. You don't do anything. Nothing is. That's that's a fair way to do it. You don't leave. Lowe's open and Wegmans and Walmart and everything else and expect there to not still be cases. People don't, you know, that it's just, I don't, it's not free enterprise. It's not the way that, that things work in this country. And, and we, we just, 
I, what hurts me the most is this is totally not our fault and we couldn't do anything about it. We're out of, it's totally out of our hands and out of our control. And that's what hurts the most is that, you know, I'm so sorry that people are sick and I'm sorry that people are dying, but I, my business is dead too. Yeah, we died. It killed my business. So and, and I guess I still have my health. I guess you'd be thankful of that. But but it was, you know, people have a choice to go out if they want to go out. You know, but I had no choice on trying to make my business what it was or what it could be or even possibility of it. But I was still expected as my business to pay my bills, to do everything else. Yep. Because all the, the problem also was this. Our POS system lease company was in june was in florida or somewhere else and they're going well we don't care you know everyone else is opening up we don't care that you're not open we want our money yeah. uh i can't i how do i open up my business and we yeah, really got hard. screwed we it really got hard. screwed but so our last of- our let's let's move on from this honey yeah. the last our last night was absolutely amazing ron you were there with your dad and it was wonderful that you were able to make the trip out and um we had an unprecedented night, honestly. Yes. It's our yes. best sales night ever in existence. Ever. ever. You guys made it an amazing bang up last night. I know there was a lot of people that were disappointed they couldn't make it. Few of them Canadians, and you know who you are. Yep. I'm sorry that you couldn't get down to see us. That would have been wonderful. But um, we did have a person come and fly in all the way in. We had a very special guest come in and visit us. Bruce, you can Ray- say that. Raymond Davidson came in and blew my mind away. Yeah, props to Mr. Davidson. Yes. Steph came up, you know, people we cared about. And um, and honestly, there was people there I'd never seen before that yeah. said, I wish I knew this place existed sooner, which kind of broke my heart. Yeah. But um, at the same time, we cried. We laughed. I got wasted. <laughs> and um, even though it was Bruce's birthday, you know, we, we had a, an ex- amazing last night and i thank you to everyone who came because um it is we are our lives are forever changed because of all of you and and we can't thank you all enough for making it an amazing experience and um we still have friends that are still asking us will we ever think about doing this again and will we move someplace else will we when this is over i'm starting to think that i have a better chance of winning the lottery than actually ever seeing this end but bruce and i cannot do this again it can't happen it's we're we don't have the funds to ever do this again and we're just too old for this shit period um (laughs) i it's it's not something that i think we could ever do again i would do something if i was going to do anything ever again it'd be on a way smaller scale yeah we wouldn't no food bite off such a large chunk maybe we could do something different or a different business model but yes um but not not it the silver ball is done i hate to say it we 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 are going to miss it every single day of the rest of our lives, and it breaks my heart every day, knowing be- that we don't have this place anymore. It's been tough. So uh, luckily, uh, we've had some great people along the way who have helped us knock some amusements. Todd's been great with his whole family. You know, when we had to pack up everything, and that was the hard. It's been happening now for three weeks. Starting, it's been three weeks. We're actually, no, sorry, we're only in two weeks. Two weeks. Is it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. In two weeks, we actually have emptied the bar completely. Uh, I'm going to post pictures in a couple of days, but uh, the last games were taken on Friday. 
The jukebox was taken out. The pool table was taken out. Driving games are all gone. Everything's all in storage. All the coolers, all the freezers are all off. All the booze is sitting partially at our house. Some of it was taken back. That was a good thing. Some of the people were luckily enough that bought, like the last night. People didn't care what beer they were getting at the end as long as they were buying beer. I mean, we were virtually out of almost every piece of food we had. Yes. We were out of alcohol. I've never seen the shelves so empty. But people were understanding and they knew that we were closing. And if you don't have this, I'll take something else. I mean, we just we just were having fun and we tried to 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 make it as happy as we could. We did our last sing along of Bohemian Rhapsody, which was our tradition. Anytime that song came on, everybody sang and we did it one more time at the end of the night almost. And and it was it was a blast. We actually had had the call last call at one o'clock. We usually close at two and we didn't finally close the bar. Like last person out, they weren't drinking. Of course, they stopped drinking at, you know, last after half an hour after last call. But we couldn't get everyone out of the bar until almost three o'clock, three thirty. And then we finally left at four. So that was hard. See, the things I remember was, well, you, you had a picture of the cake. Yep. That I forgot. That we forgot. We totally forgot my cake. Because my, my father was there like, didn't you say there was going to be cake? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's cake. right. Yeah, well, maybe we they actually had two cakes. <laughs> we actually had two cakes because we were afraid, like, wow, how many, how many people we had. I remember, you know, Raymond was there. It's like, holy Raymond shit. Are you kidding? He blew up my Batman. He blew up 8 billion points on Batman. Broke it. Yeah. He broke it. <laughs> I remember um, Jason, Jason Plord. Yep. True, yep, Jason. true to his reputation. He showed up at around, I think, midnight. Yep, midnight, and he just, stayed till about two. Insanely late, as, as we, we all know, Jason is usually late. I just perfect. That was absolutely Everyone. perfect. And then Bruce, in typical Bruce fashion, he gives me his phone. Like, I want you to film this for Facebook. He gives me the phone, and like the phone immediately pops up. Like, battery almost dead. Need to charge immediately. Like, uh oh. Hopefully this doesn't die. And it didn't. It didn't. But uh, it was a great night, and. Uh... Without anybody, you know, saying, you know, would I do this again? Would I have done what I did? Yes. Yes. In a second. Does it suck? Or are we even behind? We're, we're behind the eight ball right now. We are. Me and Cat are probably going to be in debt for a while. That's the su- shitty part. You know, people supported us during this whole time. And, you know, we still were not out of the hole yet. We were not out of the initial money. We were just starting to. And, you know, that's the hard part about it. And I thank everyone, you know, who's helped us and people who are renting games for me right now. That's a big help. And if anybody else wants to rent a game that's local, I will rent you a game. Not a problem. How do I rent a game, Bruce? How do I get a hold of you? They contact me on Facebook or they can call Slam. They can email slamtillpodcast at gmail.com. For your rental needs. For your rental needs. And stop calling and asking if games are available for sale. Oh, that was that was the that was I the actually, other thing. Yeah, that was the annoying thing. Where okay, right so up- I have to take I have to take the blame for that because when I did say that we were finally closing, I had said that we were going to sell off inventory. Well, unfortunately, I didn't say not the games. Yeah. <laughs> I all meant the, game. the bar inventory, the drinks, the you know, all the alcohol, all the food, all the stuff in the bar. We were selling off the signs and we were selling off things that we knew we could get rid of, but the pinballs were not going to be sold. The Ever. bowler, I got six calls about the bowling machine. How about the fire hydrant? Where'd the fire hydrant go? 
It's right. The fire in hydrant our, is in I'm the right living next room. room. Thank goodness. My... Okay. I did not sell that. Nope. Uh, Somebody tried to steal it from us once. That's a fun story, Bruce. Yeah, well, I'll I'll tell that. I think I did tell it once, but we'll tell it again eventually. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I loved what we did. It made people happy when they came in. I don't think I had any pinball people say they had a bad experience at the bar. Our reviews on Facebook were 4.6 out of 5. 4.9. A lot of places. Sorry, 4.9. Google was 4.6. Almost all the reviews were friendly, happy, fun place. Would love to go, you know. Great food. Great food, you know. You, yes. you knew the food, Ron. The, I already know. got to see him because at some point Bruce put our email address in for one of yes. the things. So I would always get all the reviews. Yes. <laughs> and he never fixed it, ever. No, but it was just, you know, we touched a lot of people's lives. And it was that was the best part about it. Our regulars like Al. We didn't know before this, you know, he visited in there two to three times a week. Really great guy. He looked like Santa Claus. He actually has a gray beard, suspenders, really nice guy. We still talk to him to this day. Jeff, who has been in almost every tournament I've had in the place, never played pinball before this. Now he owns six machines and then we got him in the bug and, you know, he's going to go, he was going to go to his first Pinburg this year. You know, those are the people whose lives we touched. And, you know, my mentality for everything is going to be silver ball in some ways because that's what is the mentality beforehand. Treat people with respect, treat people good, and it should come the other way. My mentality has always been I'm going to treat you good until you treat me bad. Once you treat me bad, go F yourself. Mm. <laughs> and always be loud. That's another. Always be loud. Always be loud. I, you know, I will, if you're my friend and you've never done anything to me, I will support you to the end of time. Once you fuck me, go fuck yourself. Wow. <laughs> it's true New Jersey right there. Yes. It, it is. I'll tell you, to one point where you're there, everyone step away from the bar. Everyone step away from the bar. I'm standing next to Raymond and Raymond's there like, damn, he is loud. <laughs> so you, you got to experience the loudness in person. We yes. never needed a megaphone in the bar. No, no. it was no. stop the music, and Bruce could yell to everybody. No, yes. <sighs> you know, um, I know someone is really happy right now. Who? Daniel Hoffines. Remember Why him? Is that? Because yes. one of his emails was Bruce mentioned doing a rundown of all his work in the process of getting the bar up and running. I was really looking forward to that. Well, there you go. There you go. There you go, Daniel. It is, honestly, as my wife said, the last video that we posted from the bar was, if you want to own a bar, don't expect to make any money. No, I did not say that. Okay, how I did you say? I said, if you want to follow your dreams, this is not the way to do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. But it was a dream for both of us, and we both made it our own. Like, don't get me wrong. When my wife started, it was her dream. But we made it our dream, and then towards the end, it was just my dream because she was busy at her job. And I think she felt, you know, I think Kat felt a little separated from the bar a little bit, but she had so much going on with her new gig where she was always working, always trying to make her job better to keep us food on the table and that kind of stuff also. So there was a lot of pressure on her keeping our family life going while I was trying to keep our business going. And I couldn't have done it without her. Yeah, never, everything happened during the, like the dog's. Yep, we lost our two lost, dogs. Yeah, through through that. Yeah, had Bruce, forever. And I, Bruce and I have had a tough a tough year. year. 
about a year ago in July, I lost one of my best friends to a brain aneurysm. Um, in September, I lost my, well, he wasn't married to my sister, but he was really my brother-in-law to cancer. In January, I lost my Gigi, who when you know is my, was also my second love of my life. My, one of my favorite dogs that's ever walked this earth. Then I lost my dad in March to congestive heart failure. And then we lost Bruce's dad to emphysema. And now we've lost our business. And it's been a tough, tough year. I'm not, I don't believe in in a lot of higher, what should I say? Faith. A, high, a higher spirit that has a plan for me. But if I'm wrong and there is someone up there and is trying to test me, I'm done now. I think I passed. We've come out of it pretty strong, Bruce and I, and now it's time to work on us for a little while. I get weekends again. And it's time for me and Kat to get you to, like, dialed in. Why don't you, like, dialed in? What's what's your problem? (laughs) What's wrong with dialed in? (laughs) I just can't do it. I can't do it. I love dialed in. (laughs) Yeah, at least least you're consistent. He said he liked it, and and literally it's the same game, and now he hates it. Well, we had one on order. He liked it so much. Yes. Yeah. And as, then, uh, as our listeners know, Bruce is very, very wishy-washy. He changes yeah. things. Because I play it and I go, oh, what Bad the Girls fuck is I the thinking? worst game ever. Oh, you know, Bad Girls is one of the better Gottlieb games. Because like, it's, it's a multi-ball of 8-Ball Deluxe. Yeah, but you didn't say that the first time. You know, our I listeners didn't. pay attention. Yeah, I know, but I... <laughs> so I, they I, know you when you keep changing. I am very consistent. I am mature with my my feelings, and I can actually change my thoughts. You're mature with your feelings. He he reserves the right to change his mind. Exactly. (sighs) Exactly. (laughs) At least I'm consistent. You know, I hate close encounters. I will always hate close encounters. Nothing will change my mind on that. There's certain games that I always hate. You got to be consistent, Bruce. I will always hate Ghostbusters. Well, yeah. But being the true business people you were, you did have it at the bar. We yeah. had it because the theme attracted people. And, you know, we, we, a lot of people hate Star Wars, but it made money. Star Wars is awesome. Right, Bruce? Right. <laughs> no? Uh-huh. Well, Stewie, is Stewie around? I haven't heard from him in a while. Oh, I, you know, I could never go to the Civil Ball Saloon. Why not? Because it's a bar. I'm like, you know, six months old. I can't do that. Well, maybe we'll, I'll have to bring in somebody else now. Hold on. I'm going to click somebody else in from uh, the thing. Hold on. Uh, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Ah, uh, so, uh, Stewie, I found somebody that uh, needs to talk to you a little bit. Oh, no. Peter, I'm on the phone, Peter. Oh, no, it's it's, it's that woman. No, no, I, I don't want to talk to that woman. Stewie, Stewie, where are you, Stewie? I, I'm nowhere. Go away. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for three and a half years, folks. <laughs> they get them both on the line at the same time. <laughs> he bugs me all the time. He tells me I should be on the podcast. And I don't want to be on the podcast. Peter, get me off this thing. Yes, get off now. Get, come on, fat man. Get off the podcast now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, Ron, when they actually have pinball shows now, guess what I can finally do again? Go to them? Yes. <laughs> hey, and, Once and a, not be a vendor. And not be a vendor or anything else. I'm actually going to go there and relax and enjoy and let's, once let's in a while it to get back to having actual pinball shows yeah i know how and once and once in a while i'm gonna bring kathy because kathy did go to a couple shows with us california extreme 
California Extreme. She went to uh, Seattle. She's gone to Seattle. She's gone to... Uh, I went else? to Pinburg. I played Pinburg. in Pinburg. Yep, she played in Pinburg. So she's gone for a couple shows. For those who don't know, this podcast, one of the genesis of this podcast was just all the crazy conversations me and Bruce would have when we'd go to these shows. Yes. Very and it's just vulgar, on, unrecordable conversations. And then... Uh, we're with what our episode next episode, which is actually the true 150. The true 150. We will have guests. Two guests on. Two mm-hmm. guests on who are near and dear to our heart. You know, they are they have been helping us out a lot, especially with some quizzes. Mm. Oh, oh, did I say something like uh, that? Oh, I... Wow. Talk about a giveaway. Yeah, a little one. But they are Australian, so you know they're insane. They are insane. And then um uh, for episode 151, I'm going to make Ron's life a living hell. Oh, God. What are you going to do, Bruce? Clusterfuck 3. Oh, God. It's like Lethal Weapon 3. Every star comes out. If it's as good as Lethal Weapon 3, that would be good. It will be. Because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about... We've we've gotten now the backside of it. with The backside. Me and Kathy. The backside. Oh, my. And I will say, Kathy, best guest ever. Like, I will have oh, the least amount you, of editing ever in the history of the universe. <laughs> I haven't yawned. Wait, I haven't yawned. I haven't said actually 10,000 times. Ooh, so what oh, what a burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to my life. Damn. <laughs> See, she does listen. <laughs> but seriously, you need to be on more, more podcasts. See? Well, it, it's funny because Bruce and I talked about that. I said, you know, maybe we should do one ourselves together. Maybe on TPN, Life After Silverball. Life After Silverball. Or something like that. You I know, hope it's better than like it. After MASH. Anyone remember that debacle? Yes. yes. I'm dating myself there, but yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, you are old. Well, I'm not as old as you, Bruce. Oh, not at all. And not as old as me. I'm older than both of you. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, so we're going to have episode 151 will be... The thoughts of everyone else about the Silver Bowl. Whoever was there, whoever was on. Or wanted to be there. And or wanted be. to be there, yes. Please contact us at slamtillpodcast.gmail.com and ask to be on. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to request some people who have always been there and that kind of stuff. Some of, I'm actually going to bring one or two of our regulars on, too, who are pinball players, but also – but if you've ever – if you want to be on the podcast, and you've heard how good the uh, the other clusterfucks were, the clusterfucks, yes, were. there are some of our highest rated episodes. Yes, you're gonna Aren't have. They like, wasn't one of them like four hours long or something? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was four hours of recording, three hours. Yes. Like the last hour was just people staying on because they didn't want to leave. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> very bar like atmosphere, and that's what we're hoping. Yes, so I probably I won't be talking as much. I want people to tell their stories. Their thoughts. Please have Skype, because that's yes. what we use. We will need Skype. So I actually signed up to Kathy today. It was 15 minutes. It takes 15 minutes. So if you're interested, please email me or Ron, because we would love to have you on. It's going to be at least a couple weeks, maybe almost a month from now. But get the word. Get the people out. You're going to have people that are coming on, like uh, Steph's going to be back on. Jeff Teolis will be back on. Whoever else wants to come on, come on. I People. hope to hear Mrs. Pin because I love listening to her. Yes, Mrs. Pin, you know. Yeah. And, and, and if you are on and you're not talking, please mute yourself if possible. Yes. To make yes, my editing that. job easier, I'm looking at you, Mrs. Pin, in the kitchen <laughs> with your phone on. And we were blaming Josh Sharp the entire podcast, but looking back at it, I think it was actually her. 
who Ooh. had like her phone on, so all this background noise. I had to meticulously edit out all for our listeners. All four. Maybe maybe it's five now. <laughs> I was looking back at our stats, and yeah. our highest rated episode is very predictable. What do you think our highest rated episode ever was? Lyman. The first clusterfuck. Yes. No, no, Lyman. Lyman. Cluster Vucks are all good. All good. Um, in the top two or three was the Orin Day one. Oh, wow. Because Orin's yeah. great. I love Orin. Orin was our hardest to get on guest ever. Yep. What was it? Three or but four cancellations, great. including like yep. a hurricane that prevented him from getting on one time. Yep. But finally got him on. I do have a couple of things to add. Oh, you have things to add? I do. Would you... Or oh, would you no. not buy that? And we can have Kathy join us. Oh, God. So for those who do not know what this is, this is a segment that... Um, that gets ripped off a lot. That the, uh, yes, the, pin, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the pinball show ripped off on a TPN where he... Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, well, he just looks at... Well, he goes through pin side ads and just makes fun of really stupid ones as yep. we would go through eBay ads and make fun of really stupid ones and tell you which ones are actually good. So hold on, let me get on eBay land here. Yep, and Kat, you too. Yep, I'm on. All right, give us some numbers, Bruce. 203-073-497-153. Okay, we have a Williams Stellar Wars pinball machine. Steve Ritchie Widebody. Sound not working, like right in the uh, at the, just the main listing. So definitely not trying to hide that the sound's not listing. Working. What am I saying? Uh, use machine does not play. Oh no, it does work and play, but doesn't have sound. Yep. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna be Ron for a minute. Is that picture actually without the glass? Ron, are you happy? Actually, no. The first one I'm looking not at has glass. glass. The, the first one has glass. Uh, this uh, the other ones. Oh, it looks like he might have taken it off. Like $850. Or best offer. Or best offer. So wait a minute. So this is okay. Or $36 a month for 24 months. <laughs> I mean, it, it actually looks decent. I, I I was expecting you to give me something that was... No, backglass is, is pretty oh, back shot. Oh, is shot. Yeah, and, the, and there's wear in the middle of the Stellar Wars. But oh I know you God. are a big... I know you're a big Steve Ritchie fan. Yes, the game even he doesn't like? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I talked to him at shows before. He said his, his plunge shot was stupid. He wouldn't do that again. Because if you look, if you plunge hard, it comes all the way around, and then it comes right back at you. Yeah. Even he thought that was kind of stupid in, in retrospect. Okay, so is there just pictures, or am I missing something? Like, I don't see any description of what the actual machine, if there's anything the where on the back of the machine or anything So, like 1979, William Stellar Wars pinball machine. So oh, already. I didn't go down far enough. Conditions yeah. yeah. used. Previous buyer never paid or picked up. Ooh. Please submit offers. This machine does not work, does work and play, but does not have sound working. Drop targets have been captured rebuilt. and active. Oh, my. Captured oh my. and active. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I've never heard that term before. I've heard captured, <laughs> like a captured ball is, is obviously yeah. the one that's, you know. You but can't, active. Is but active, I should start using that. All yeah. the active balls have been cleaned. Oh, all active ones in my, in my play field uh, touching it. Oh. Okay. 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 Uh, it comes with original manual. Sound not working. Looks like new caps on the soundboard. So somebody looks like they tried with it. This is a 41-year machine. So as is, no warranties. I like that. It keeps saying sound isn't working. In case you didn't know, sound, no, sound isn't is working. Not working. Yes. 
So, but he says, didn't say submit offers. So, yes. So, if you get this for like six fifty, seven hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you can fix the sound. And you, I think it's a pretty good deal. There you go, Baltimore, Maryland. Check it out. And then you don't just get one Borg; you get two Borgs on this game. Oh, get Borged? Yeah, because you of get the, yeah. on both sides, which means you have three. You have two sets of in lanes on both sides. The seller is S is S K Y R eighty. Mm-hmm. 100% positive feedback with 365 things sold. So ooh, buy with confidence. Ooh, ooh, buy with confidence. Okay, next one. Are you ready? Here, here's my question, though. Why is it listed under replacement parts? Have I you notice that? If you yeah, look at the did. top, it's under replacement parts instead there's of actual couple, pinball there's, machines. There's a couple of them. Weird. I have. Next. Okay. 254. 694. 477. Zero one five. Six million dollar man. Ron's favorite Bruce, game. Why? What? Why? Because you love this game. Okay, it's broken. Lights up. Currently does not play, and they want thirteen fifty for it. And good play field wear on it, also. Holy crap! Look at the play field. Take away the one. Yeah, I think so too. Well, let's look at the Take ca- away uh, the one. The one. It's three hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Move that uh, decimal point to the left. Yeah. <laughs> You've got some wear right in the center. Love that. Kick out wear also. Yeah. Typical. Got the manual, okay, why is there a ball in the saucer just sitting there? It's dead, Jim. Yeah, that would be a question. <laughs> like, why is it just sitting there? Uh, we have a, I think that's probably a PBR manual. Yep. Maybe because it's spiral bound, like they do all their manuals. Like Paps Blue Ribbon PBR? Uh, <laughs> no. Sorry, pin- back to the bar. Sorry. Pinball bar. resource. Uh, the back glass, at least the one side view, doesn't that look bad. too bad. So would you or would you not buy that one? No. I want to buy this turd. Cat? Oh my god, no way. Well, let's okay. see. Let's see. Let's see the description. Full-size Bally pinball machine as opposed to, Well, you to, know you how know, I feel about this era of pinball machines to begin with, honey, so you don't even need to ask me this question. I bought a second MPU board and game chips, but have not had time to work on this machine. It does light up when plugged in. Playfield isn't too bad for the age as well as the back glass. I do not have any keys for this machine, but I do have the original manual. Now, the funny thing is, is he telling you that you get the MPU, then? The second MPU with it? It doesn't say. I know. Well, you could play six players, though. How great is that? It is great. Look for keywords, folks, when you look at... when If someone is saying game chips... Yeah. That's... Most people are not going to use that terminology. It says back glass, and it says two words instead of one word. (laughs) Just little things... And it looks like he copied and pasted from two different places because he's got two different fonts, which I'm really bad with that kind of thing. Yeah, and as Bruce says, a lot of people do the... I'm a proofreader by by trade, so this is just terrible. Yeah, because even if you did the text-to-speech, or no, speech-to-text thing, I would would think it'd all be the same font and not, like, different. So I'm thinking he actually wrote this. Mm. Yeah. Or he copied and pasted that one of only a yeah. few pinballs that can have up to six players. Yes, in a completely somewhere. different font. <laughs> Except all the Segas that have six players. Mm-hmm. But he has 100% positive feedback, so we'll give him that. Okay, one more. Okay. Okay. One, six, four. Two, nine, three. Two, four, eight. Nine, five, six. 
just like a random number system because you'd think like 164 would be on there from like the beginning of time. Nope. Random. They they delete the numbers after six months. It's a Gottlieb Spider-Man pinball machine. The amazing Spider-Man. 1250. Let's see. Gottlieb Spider-Man pinball machine. With weird capitalization. So well, that's what I'm saying. So Cat see, this, will really hate this. Lowercase Gottlieb. Uppercase read description for no reason. Condition is used and missing the MPU. So it doesn't even have an MPU, so it's completely not working. Mm-hmm. And you want 1250 for it. Oh, backlash pretty decent, but starting to peeling. <laughs> starting to peeling. Okay. Um, let's see. It's missing a flipper bat entirely. Yep. Do I have to pay extra for the flipper bat? Yes, you will. But it has great LEDs in it. He did LED it. It's missing the entire lane on the right side. I See know. it? It's like gone. Yep. There's just holes there like where the lights go, but there's there's supposed to be more there. Yep. So it's not even complete. It's just missing parts. No. It's, so it's, he it's, said he will part it out for you if that's what you want. Uh, it looks like he's already started. <laughs> <laughs> he's already – someone wanted a uh, – I need a right flipper bat from a Spider-Man. Oh, I got, I got it right here, man. Isn't there two? There's supposed to be two flippers there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's also supposed to be an in-lane of some kind. It's like completely yeah. missing. It's not even there. Playfield actually is not that bad, though. Uh, no, it's not. Because you couldn't keep the game running long enough to actually enjoy it. There's no way that you didn't use it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the playfield's not bad. I mean... But the LEDs are just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, 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 God. Okay, I didn't see this one with it on. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. What you see is white light. They went Nothing for else. full blinding. This is the, um, I think, the Dwight Sullivan light package, it's called. Yes, it is. That's an extra option back then. Extra options. This is called a Winter is Coming kit. You put it in, and you can't see anything. <laughs> God. Hey, I even got that reference, Winter is Coming. Thank you. <laughs> hey, if you play, whenever you get to play uh, Turtles, there's at least one mode that does that. And the first thing that popped in my mind, oh, Winter is Coming. I can't see the ball. Not at all. Uh, and what, those wonderful plastic spinners, too. So um, oh, yes. we would not buy this. I would not either. I would not buy any, any all three of these, but maybe the first one might. Also, 99.3 positive feedback. That's actually not very good, believe it or not, because that means you got a decent amount. Yeah. In the last 12 months, three neutral. So they're going to give a negative, but just decided to be neutral. Two negative. Mm, yeah, yeah, he's no. been slacking off. Yeah. Okay, you sent me something in Shatterino. Shatterino. Even though you know I hate I hate Skype, and I always have trouble finding these. But I found this one. Oh, a pin side one. So we're we're gonna rip off the segment that ripped us off. Yes. Or Thank are you. we? Now wait a minute. Twelve hundred. Oh, this is a force two. The penis game. Yes, the penis game. If you look, let's see what Kathy thinks of the penis game. Coin door looks nice. I love those coin doors. Yeah, those are good coin doors. Back glass, actually, for a Force 2, that's not that bad. No, it's not. From the ones I've seen. But it's not a bad game. No. No, I mean, it's got some weird LED stuff going on with colors. Yeah, of course. What else is new? That's uh, always Yeah, uh... it looks like it's got LEDs in the inserts, uh, some green LEDs up on the top for the lanes. Yeah. I don't know why people like think that's the best thing to do, but it just, just stick seems... with one LED color. 
Yes, no clown crap. Just do, if you want, you do warm white, you could do cool white, or you could just get, a lot of people are using the sunlight one from Comet, because it's kind of mm-hmm. in between, and you can pretty much use it with anything, just one color and be done. Okay. And 100% working. Yeah, would you buy that? It's in Delaware. Oh, it's Joe Fox. Yes, it is. He mentioned our name. He got a question right on a show that was us. Really? Yeah. It, it, it asked. Um, it was. It was on the Super Awesome Pinball Show, and they had um, questions about podcasts. And it was mm-hmm. like this one. This term. Descri- uh, this podcast name describes a term where the game goes dead, or something. Something like that. And it was Slam Till. Mm-hmm. He got it immediately. So we can't put down one of his games. I'm not putting it down. I actually like this game. Yeah, actually, it says our best offer too. So yeah, so penis, it, it, this penis could be yours. Yes, we recommend this penis. Yes, game, game this penis game. We recommend. He also has another game for sale. That's weird because usually he has like high end stern stuff he gets all the time. Yeah, well, he's going old school he's now. Going guess old what school. else he has in there? Okay, supersonic, electronic, he's supersonic. Got a supersonic on there. The supersonic's nice. Again, thousand dollars or best offer. Yeah, I would go. I'd buy that above too. average supersonic. All all text. All LED action, baby. Yep, supersonic. It's electronic. You need another EM, I think, because there's some idiot on here that's selling a, a Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. With the best back glass he's ever seen. Oh, is it you? Yes, it is. <laughs> Grand Prix. I'm not as crazy about Grand Prix as most people. I like it, but like to me, I'd I'd rather play my Spanish eyes. Yeah, I like Grand Prix though. Grand Prix is fun. Yeah, until you get the suicide in lane thing there, and it yeah, you, yeah, fuck yeah, that's even better. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, you know it's even better when you play Doodlebug because it's got that space in between the uh, guide and the flipper, and yet you forget about it and you go to trap it, and it just drains. Like oh. There you go. I just sent you a link. So are are we going to say, would we buy that? Hell no. Who the hell is his seller? Dragon's Lair? What kind of name is that? He's a douchebag. Oh. (laughs) I know that for a fact. Best. (laughs) Wow. Best black glass I have ever seen. And if you look, it's actually red. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at this, though. Can deliver. Yes. I need a decipher. I need the Bruce decoder here, the Bruce decoder okay. ring. Your listing says, can deliver the VT or East Upstate NY on the weekend of August 28th? Vermont. To Vermont. We're going to Vermont next weekend. Oh, it can deliver to Vermont or East yeah. Upstate? Okay. You may yeah, want to change that letter. Two. You know why, Ron? He doesn't let me proofread these things before yeah, he puts yes. them on there. Yes, let me proofread these, please. Please, please, please. I had please, three people already respond to it, so guess what? They They read like I do. <laughs> they read like you speak. Yeah, okay, I don't want to meet these people. They, they saw what they needed to see, and that was it. Steve Daniels. See, Steve Daniels. See, you have to you have to understand something, Ron. He types the same way he thinks. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> oh, you're just like mean to me, both of you, you fuckers. Oh, see, we're ganging up on you. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I have uh, I have one I want you to buy, honey. So okay. I'm okay. Ready? Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Three, two, four, two, seven, zero, six. Two three five two nine. Where do you have one? It's a Bally Harlem Globetrotters pinball machine. Where do you have one? Seventeen hundred dollars. It better be really <laughs> nice. 
That's what I'm saying. Look at the price. That's why I wanted you to see it. Let's see what it looks like. It looks decent, Ooh, though. Yeah. Bright colors. I actually like the carpet, Space Invaders carpet. Yeah. It's got super bright LED it's action. It's And it's got um, oh, remote battery holder. The spinners are not right. You're so anal. Let's see. Well, no, I'm looking at the one spinner. That one's right. Let's see. No, 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 not. The basketballs are too big. Uh, yeah, because there's probably decals. Yes, that's exactly why. They're not right. <sighs> I thought it looked like a good machine. Uh, uh-huh. Some playfield wear for that money is a little high. It has wear on above the eight and above uh, the thousands, the twenty, thirty thousands. It's got it's got a nice cab. But if you're going to ask like seventeen hundred for a game. Well, you could always ask him if, if the Harlem Globetrotters uniform comes with it that's posted on the wall. No, it says, we'll also throw in the Curly Neal uniform pictured as well as a 1979 oh, oh, signed by Curly. Oh, well, there you go, because he just died. Great deal now for that. Yeah, he just he just died like this year or last year. So now would you buy that? Oh, that I don't know. Now, see, if you are a Harlem Globetrotters, yes, Man. definitely, definitely. But it's just... The thing when I see a game like this is just because they made a lot of these. They did. They made over 10,000. Yes. Yeah, this is one of the higher Valley 10K club, I think. So to buy this for this much, that much money when you could almost certainly find one, maybe not in as good a shape, but very acceptable for way less. Yeah. I don't know if we. Or even a nicer play you field. Know, we, we may not buy that, but if you are a Harlem Globetrotters ophile. This might be for you, especially if you are in the Milwaukee area, I'm assuming, being his name is Milwaukee Braves fan, 1957. Wow, he's an old guy. It does say it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, And he's had 1,929 sales, still with 100% positive feedback. So he's probably not going to screw you. No, I have another one. Oh, God. Okay. 293 this is the best description ever. Oh, it's a high hand. No, 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 it's not. It's original. Come on. It's working. Now it just needs a few upgrades. We'll need on. That's the title. Oh, original comes on is working. Needs just a few upgrades. We'll need on. So he put the, okay, he put that as the title. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> But it wasn't we'll need original. a few light bulbs is really what he was You're meaning to say. You're torturing Cat here with all this grammar problems. Oh, wait a minute. It even problems. says it needs a new flapper. <laughs> What's a flapper? Fixed. What? <laughs> flap on. Flap off. What? Flap it needs a new on. flapper. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll need a new flapper or just fix. What the hell does that mean? Good condition. Otherwise, oh, with a period, pick the, up. The <laughs> cabinet has just got graffiti and cuts all over it. It's original. Well, yeah, that's, it's definitely original. The flapper is a little worn. All right, this guy's definitely a junk guy. Look at all the shit around it. Excuse me. Uh, should we look into uh, your garage right now? <clears throat> no. <that doesn't> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Any one of my games work perfect that are in the garage. This thing is is rough. What's the name of the game? High hand. Oh, no. You, you don't high know hand. it. Oh, high hand. You would not know it by the description. Yeah, if you were, yeah, if you were searching for it. I love his shipping rate. Oh, so the game, $900. No, that's too expensive. And the shipping is only $11,111 flat rate. I'm guessing that's a miss, whatever. He just print. pushed in something. No, to... This guy didn't read anything before, unless with he this, types the, he With this lack it. of effort, 
Now, are the is the glass off in any picture? Let's see. Well, he opened up the coin door. He went that far. He didn't lift up the play field. Opening up the coin door is as far as he could go. Yes. It's just sitting in his garage, probably found it or got it, or it's been sitting there for years and years. He's in Texas, so it's probably been like 200 degrees in there. Everything's probably melted. I got another one, guys. I got a fireball for $5,000. Yeah, no, this one's better. <sighs> okay. Here we go. 233-689-391-143. Aztec. Aztec EM. Only $500. Ready for restoration or use as is. In New Hampshire. Oh, no, in Hampshire, Illinois. Sorry. Original unrestored machine in working condition. See YouTube video. Oh. I do not do pinballs for a living and have no idea how to pack or ship one. So use your own shipping or local pickup. I will help you load it. It does come apart. Okay. Okay. Let's check out these pictures. This is filmed in glaucoma vision, obviously. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's so blurry. You almost can't see all the wear, but but you can. What does he mean by restoration? I guess he means if you're going to sell this to an expert painter. No, the best is the fourth picture. Oh. By the flippers. Major, 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 right, major wear. I'm looking at the one with, with the brand new, almost looks like a brand new plastic. And then right oh. above it, look at the numbers. It's like the fifth picture, I think. Yeah, no, go to the fourth one. It's better because if you look where it says same player, somebody drew that in by hand. Oh. And it started to wear away <laughs> the paint. Oh, around. yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. And his rubber's broken. I hate when my rubber breaks. Uh, It's just, and he didn't take I've the glass off. I've never seen this one more. Yeah, this, this is some is of the most wear I've ever seen on an Aztec. Yeah, definitely. At least it got played. Oh, it got played a lot. It looks like somebody was screwing on it and rubbed it. <laughs> oh, my. Oh my. <laughs> With the glass off, of course. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is that is bad. Never seen one that bad, have no, you? That, that, no, I've never seen one that worn. Here you go. I, I have one for you. Okay. This is this is a watershed moment. I don't think I've ever had one. I don't think so either. Oh my god. One nine three six one zero seven eight five. One, one, one. Oh, my God. It's a Jungle Lord, but it's a $3,900 Jungle Lord. Oh, yes. So this must be the most incredible Jungle Lord ever. Well, it has the hard You top can make an it. offer. <laughs> it's been hard topped. Oh, it's been hard topped. So it has to be because that, that middle is way too nice. But what happens if it isn't? What happens if that's original? I oh, yeah, that's been hard-topped. Yeah, see? You're, you're right. That looks way, way too nice. Way to too yeah. nice, and it's too clear and too crisp. So how much does a hard-top cost? Uh, $300. What does hard-top mean? A hard-top is a company that remakes the whole artwork, and you actually sand down your play field smooth, and then you lay this hard-top on it, oh. and it bonds to it. It glues to it. It looks pretty, really nice. It looks it really look nice. It's it's almost too nice. I don't remember playing this game, but it looks a lot like Black Knight, right? It does. That's exactly the one right after it. 
It actually has it actually has better rules than Black Knight. It has very advanced rules for its time. Yes, it, it does. It has a ball saver. It has like um, the multiplier thing going on. It is way ahead of its time, really, in a lot of ways. I agree. But again, again, thirty nine hundred for a game that they did make a lot of these. Yes, they did. Again, this this is. I mean, they didn't make ten k, but they made like probably six to eight k of these. I have found the new winner of the whole. This is the new one for the whole year. The new one for okay. So we'll we'll end with this one then. Yes, is it definitely? So you would not buy this for thirty. No, I would not buy it for thirty nine hundred. No. No, if it was fifteen hundred or two thousand, maybe because it is really nice. It is really nice, but it's just the price has got to get a little more under control. Okay, are you ready for the number one of twenty twenty? Okay, you have never seen this game run. Guarantee it. One seven four, four zero three, seven nine one, seven three six. Gremlins for four thousand dollars. Gremlins pinball shop ITA machine. What does ITA mean? Italian, maybe. It is an Italian. Here I am selling a very rare pinball, Gremlins, <laughs> made by Italy. That uh, there you go, pinball shop. The machine is fully restored and clean. I had just had like a really funny thought with ITA, but sorry, I'm not going to say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> In the ass. There you go. <laughs> this is a slam to a podcast, so <laughs> anything goes. Oh my! <laughs> wow, what does this backlash really have to do with? I mean, it's nothing to do with the gra- okay. The backlash alone has to be seen to be believed. It, you have the ghost from Pac-Man on here. Yes, you have the ghost from Pac-Man. You have a you flying. Have two... Who's the creepy little guy looking at the women on the right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You like have that. a golfer from teed off who's looking at the uh, women running. You look like the girls from like that. Show- what was that? What's that cartoon that actually looks like? Uh the 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 act doesn't it look like the girls from the act. Uh, maybe. And what's that creepy looking bee on the top left? What is he supposed to be? Well, yeah, well, he's got a bowling ball in his hand. What? What? What is that? Oh, it's dynamite. <laughs> it's it's a it's a bomb. It's oh, it's a bomb. Four, <laughs> I thought it was a bowling ball. <laughs> all four are the evil people. So you have the, the upper left is the bee. Upper right is the ghost. Lower right is the oh, in the bee corners. Again. Okay. And then the lower left is a mouse with cheese. With cheese. And then the gremlins, I assume, are these little two things that are over the green, whatever the hell they are. What the fuck? <laughs> I've never seen this game. I mean, okay. technically, it has nothing to do with the movie, and, and the term gremlins has been around long before the movie. Like, as of uh, my favorite. But yeah, movie. I really, I, I thought it was going to, and, and, and who's the little creepy guy coming out of the street hole? Okay. Wait a minute, is that a ramp on the, what is that? It's not a ramp. No, but it goes up and down. Look at it. Or is that just the plastic? It looks That's like it goes up and down. What is the thing in the back? How do you get to yeah, that? What? It's, you got to go only through the right, the left hand, like the left orbit brings it up to the... Oh, the left orbit. the hell? That still looks <laughs> like a ramp. That looks like it comes up and down, but it's plastic. But it can't because it would... Oh, this is bizarre. The plastic goes over... I guess so, but that's the no, weird... I, I'm now looking at it on IPDB. There actually is... Okay, so I have to say something funny. Look at the lower part of the playfield by the flippers, where it says extra. Is he pointing to his balls? <laughs> <laughs> extra ball? <laughs> 
I think so, Extra actually. Ball. He's pointing to it. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's a ramp, Bruce. Is it? That's a ramp. a ramp. Look at the yeah, last picture. Clear that, that part in the upper left is an upper play field. It is elevated. Look at the lanes no, to the not. right no, of it. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, upper. Look, at the, look at the lights to the right no, of it. No, it is elevated. It's Bruce, elevated. That's a, that's a it is, okay. Ramp it's elevated. Yep. That is. So that is a up. plastic. Oh, God. How long do that breaks? It's literally, just think of an up-down ramp, but instead of metal, it's, well, maybe it is like blue metal. Maybe it's painted. Oh, my God. And it's got like a little thing on the left, like right next to that plastic ramp that looks like Tetris. Like that was added later. What the heck is that? Is that a piece of the ramp? Actually, the whole upper part is all like a plastic. Like you can see where if it exits the top, it's going to roll down. Yes. You can see, and there's like a, almost a hole. Like it's just going to drop on the play field. Very interesting. Yeah, like those are holes in that yeah, spot. Yeah, I want to play this now. The play field. Damn you, Bruce. I'll never get to play this. Why? You want to? It just looks weird. Now, the funny thing is the creepy guy, the creepy face guy on the right-hand plastic next to the, the stand-up targets. The creepy – oh, okay. Yes, the guy with the hat on. It looks like he's yeah, from a like Pink Panther cartoon. Not just one. Let's do four times. There's so many different animation styles. It's like Pink Panther. Yes. Then you got, the like you said, the ghost from Pac-Man, which is obvious. I mean, it's even got a blue ghost. You notice it's got a red ghost. Yep, and they have, the, they have gloves too. Yep, because, you, you know, all the cartoon characters have to have gloves. Of course they do. Oh, well, look at the two that are next to the insert in right the middle near the up. They're, they're an exact copy oh, of yeah. the ghost from Pac-Man. And what it, what's it, like the middle part that it looks like a stopwatch? Like yeah, what does that have to do gremlin. with the theme? Well, because it's quartz and it's it's fifty percent. It's fifty. It goes fifty deep. Wait a minute. It says fifty deep. Yeah, it says fifty deep. Oh, I'm actually looking at my. an IPDB. Oh my god, this is the weirdest game ever. So if anyone here uh, has a chance to play this, let us know how it is. But yeah, that's, a, that's the weirdest game you'll ever see. That, mer- that Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Now you want to play it, don't you? I want to play Gremlins. It just looks so weird. Or you can buy it for $4,000. Would you or would you not buy that for $4,000? No. I would not and have buy it, it shipped all the way over no, from no, Greece. No. That'd be like as, as insane as someone having a game shipped from Australia. Who would do that? I don't know. Who would be an idiot to do that? I don't know. Okay. Okay. I think we're good. All right. We'll, we'll save the ball bag for next month, yeah. next next couple weeks. Uh, how do we get in touch with us? You can get in touch with us at our email address, which is the uh, – what is it again? Oh. Slam it's till not podcast. the – yeah. No, yeah. it's Slam Till Podcast, and it's not the Silverball Chronicles at gmail.com, like, you know, because you guys don't plug us, but we always plug the, the uh, Slam. Okay, the, the I have not been plugging us properly, Bruce. Yes, I, so I will attempt to, plug us, to plug us more. Yes, plug, plug, plug. We want to get some of those TPN listeners to listen to us. So, uh, yes, slamtillpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, www.slamtillpodcast.com. Upper right-hand corner is all our links. Everything is there. And we will be back soon. Well, I don't know how soon, but we will be back with episode 150 with our mystery guests. I don't know how much of a mystery it is at this point. Bruce, kind of give you enough clues? I think so. You think so? I think so. Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks especially to Kat. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. She would be taking podcast bookings at slamtillpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks, maybe, you'll get a, maybe you'll get a womp uh, mention. Yeah, from womp. Now. There you go. 
This is a womp right here. You hear that, Mrs. Pin? Yeah, she needs to be womped because she actually owned a pinball bar. It's hard, it's hard to get more womp than that. It is. And, uh, you know, before we get off the air, I wanted to thank uh, a couple of the podcasts that actually had us. One I didn't even know about, which was the Pinball Nerds. That was the first one I found out about. Uh, he did a nice story about us. And he reiterates what we should be reiterating on this show also. If you know of a pinball bar or know of a pinball place, please spend some money at it. If you can't spend the money safely, buy a gift card, buy something, try to keep them in business. Because right now it is the hardest thing to do with COVID right now. And, you know, second thanks is to uh, Jeff Teolis and to Marty for they've mentioned us on uh, the new uh, pinball. Sh- what is that? The, what do they have now? What's their the final round pinball podcast? Bruce. The name sucks. Okay. I'd like to thank Jeff and Marty from the final round pinball podcast. They did a nice thing. And then Jeff Teola's with pinball profile. <sighs> that one actually made me cry. He had a yellow music on there and everything. He knows what's dear to my heart. It was really nice. What he said and brought up. And I just found out pictures too. had some amazing pictures from, from when we had the tournament. That was great. Yeah. And then, uh, also I just found out just now from Ron a few minutes ago before this was, uh, the, uh, loser. Which one was it? Loser. Loser Yes. They mentioned, uh, about, you know, me, you know, us closing the bar. So to everyone out there, it meant something. It meant a lot. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, say goodbye, Bruce. (sighs) Goodbye, Silverball Saloon. Goodbye, everybody. The most amazing experience for Bruce and I. We took a chance on a really small town, and you guys were the best supporters we could have ever asked for. One piece of advice really want to follow your dreams, this is not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> However, I would never squash anyone's dreams. So. Not in New York State. <laughs> we love you all. First, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> 32, honey. Maybe, Steve, wait to me. I'm right here. Us again. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to thank Wrong, you.
Karen and Ed, who have always supported us, always, they actually got a brand new pitcher, because all they buy is pitchers of beer, so we give them a brand new pitcher. <laughs> Jeff, yeah, Jeff, yeah. Yeah. Jeff is our third customer ever, and he's been the most loyal supporter of us. Yeah. You are going to get your yards out from us. Skip has always been there for us. Clancy, everybody. I'm, not, I'm Deb. Where's Deb? Deb. Tonight you are taking home all of our Chardonnay. <laughs> Our Chardonnay. That is, you have always drank only Chardonnay here, so you want to get that off. We're all following you home. <laughs> if anybody wants to buy anything, some things are for sale, like fix your neck, come see me. We're going to have giveaways in a few minutes of t shirts, stuff like that, so please hang around. I'm just going to start throwing stuff out. But without you guys, we have never would have made it to years. Raise your glasses, raise your shots. Raise your yeah! Shots. yeah. To the Silver Ball Saloon. To Silver Ball Saloon! Thank you guys. Thank you very much for Thank you, Bruce. We love you, Bruce. We love you, Bruce.